Welcome to podcast number 12. <laughs> Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. Oh, boy. What a guest. What a man. What a man. We've had, Pastor Luke, the past two guests we've had on are just absolute men of God. Studs. And well, well, who was the one before? Devin. Oh, well, I, I was talking was about Devin. Devin, and, Devin and, and then Nick. Yeah, yeah, just men of God. And also men who, who make me feel a little bit weaker whenever I'm around them. Whoa. I'm like, Man, these, these, guys are, these guys are so strong, like physically strong. Oh, physically. Yeah, physically. Bench press, curls, things of that nature. Yeah. Phys- weak physically, but strong. Spiritually. Strong spiritually. That's right. right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd hope that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. For sure. All right. So today's podcast, like we told you last week, we're going to have Nick on as a guest. Welcome, Nick. Introduce yourself to our to the people, to the audience, as we like to call the, them. The audience. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I'm Nick Wisniewski. Um, if you guys know, you know, Lana or Lana's a coworker of Aaron and Luke here. Yeah, and she's I'm, been on the podcast a few she's times. She's been on the podcast. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I am her significant other. I'm her husband. <laughs> That's um, true. And so, yeah, I'm just here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Glad you're here today. And um, so what we're going to talk about today is how do you know you're saved, mm. which Great is really topic. important. You know, it's funny because I doubted my salvation for years. I don't know if doubt is the right word. Scared. Scared Question. I wasn't saved. Like, how do I know mm. I'm really saved? I remember actually asking my mom that as a little boy. Yeah. How do I know I'm going to heaven? How do I really know? You know, because salvation is so, well, I don't, it's, it's mysterious. Much of the Bible is, is a mystery. <laughs> Jesus mm-hmm. talked in parables and riddles and sometimes didn't give the interpretation to the disciples who were confused. And mm-hmm. he just kind of, it's mysterious in nature. It, it takes faith. Take, mo- most of life takes faith. Yeah, it really does. And so how do you know you really are saved? And maybe you're out there right now. Maybe Nick has struggled with this. And oh, maybe yeah. Aaron is, is oh, yeah. the same way where oh, definitely. we've laid our head down at night and gone, am I really going to heaven? Mm-hmm. Am I really? I, I am a sinner. It, it, how, how great is grace? I'm saved by grace because yeah. I, I haven't earned any of this. Okay. And maybe you're out there too and you're just, you've been just like us where like you seriously have been like, okay, I believe in Jesus. I, I love God. I love people. I know God loves me. I've been forgiven of all my sins. But it just seems too easy. It just seems too simple. Mm-hmm. And what we'd like to do today is just ha- have a discussion here live. There's, there's really not, there's no more edits. Whatever comes out of our mouth comes out of our mouth. Hopefully you agree with it. If you disagree with it, that's okay. You work that out between you and God. Don't send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> send Aaron yeah. an email. <laughs> yes, you, send can send, you can send Aaron an email at Leanna at Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you guys are going to get me in trouble. <laughs> she, uh, she's awesome. She loves emails. So just send, send it. Um, so anyway, we're going to just discuss some things. We're going to talk about some scripture verses today. I've got some notes on our whiteboard today. We're going to talk about some scripture verses. We're going to talk a little bit from the heart mm-hmm. and uh, really kind of unfold this thing. And how do you know you really are saved? Um, there's no works that, that are involved for salvation. Um, and when I th- one of the verses or stories of the Bible that really proves that is the thief on the cross. Yeah. Love because that if you story. Think, yeah. I mean, think about the thief on the cross. He actually admits he's supposed to be up there. We deserve this. 
he actually yells at the other thief on the other side of Jesus. Yeah. And he's like, what is wrong with you? This man is innocent. We actually deserve to be up here. So he's lived a life. How, let's just say he's 35 years old. 35 years of his life has, has all of his decisions have come to a point of dying on the cross. He's mm-hmm. reaped what he sowed. Sitting oh, yeah. there on the cross. And he just looks at Jesus and says, hey, remember me when you enter paradise. Yeah. And what is Jesus' response to that? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah, love that. So, okay. He didn't pray a prayer. Nope. He didn't pray a sinner's prayer. Right. So that's interesting. Doesn't pray a sinner's prayer. Um, let's go through some of the things that he doesn't do. I got a little, I got some notes here. Let's go through some things that he doesn't do, which all of us feel like we've got to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, right? I know right off the top of my head, he doesn't get baptized. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. There's no water baptism. No, no. no water baptism. No. Uh, yeah. He, let's uh, just assume <laughs> he wasn't raised in some Catholic home either where he was baptized as a baby. Right. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah that so, wasn't happening. No. What, no, he never never took communion one time at church. Nope. What else? What else? I got some stuff here. I can go through it if you want to. We can kind of discuss well, it. Well, I was just thinking, like, he never, uh, like, knelt down by his bedside and prayed this prayer to God. God, like, he didn't, you know, we have, like, that, like pray. you said, that sinner's prayer. Like, <laughs> no, there was no prayer involved. Yeah. It, was, it was just like, hey, other guy on the cross, shut up. We deserve to yeah. be here. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Holy Spirit hadn't even come yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. No, yeah. that's so good. This is inter- getting interesting here, <laughs> right. folks. Right, right. Uh, you know, if you've ever, if maybe you've been a part of the Catholic faith for your life, for for your life, and you're listening to this, you know, this guy had no confirmation. Yeah, I was just gonna say that no confirmation, mm-hmm. no confirmation. You know, no catechism, no dedication, no dedication, yeah. nothing like that. He never went on a single mission trip. <laughs> he didn't serve a single person. Yeah. Never stacked oh chairs at church. Never testified, <laughs> besides hanging on the cross. Didn't really go around witnessing for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wait, what did you say, Aaron? I said he never stacked chairs at church. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You're not saying he stacked chairs at church. Oh, he never volunteered a single second of his life. No, he didn't. No, he lived Which in- is what, like, we're so at it. You got to volunteer. You, you know, got to get, get going, which is true, right? But it's not for salvation. He never right. volunteered one second. Yeah. Never wore church clothes. <laughs> He never wore clothes once he got saved. <laughs> it's true. Most likely naked. Right. Yeah. What did he have to offer Jesus? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. He came naked. And some of us think we've got to get our life cleaned up before we come into church. We've got to come to church presentable. We've got to present ourselves as an acceptable sacrifice for Jesus. False. Yeah. So false. Yeah. What does Jesus then want from us? I think he just wants that surrender that admit that I'm wrong and he's my savior. I mean, that's the only thing that we see at all the thief on the cross. I mean, it's so crazy because he is literally known as a thief. That is his entire identity. Yeah. Like you say, if he's, if he's 35 years old, his entire identity that he's created yeah. for himself for 35 years is he's a thief and a murderer yeah. and he's getting what he deserves. And yet right at the end of his life, he, he realizes Hey, this this guy really is the king. Yeah, let's just say his name is Stephen. <laughs> He's oh, S- Stephen. Stephen the thief. Thief. Stephen the thief. Oh, poor guy. I, I'm Lucas the pastor. Right. Right. Aaron the minister. Right. Yeah. Nick 
the <laughs> photographer. Photographer. You're right. Yeah. Right. Sorry. What do you do for a living, Nick? I'm a photographer. Okay. Yeah. So, Nick the photographer. Yeah. Those aren't those aren't bad identities. Right. Winnie Nick. the poo <laughs> poo. <laughs> <laughs> that was us again. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> it's an interesting identity. Yeah. What is a poo? He is yeah. Winnie, Winnie is. the poo. Winnie is. Yeah. So his identity is thief. Yeah. So he's got a horrible background. Absolutely. Okay, so let's, let's – other things here. Hanging on a cross, nailed with his hands up, his, with, his le- with his feet nailed to the cross, couldn't bend his knee to pray. Right. Nope. Couldn't fold his hands to pray. I got, this, I got other, other stuff here. He didn't, quote, unquote, say the sinner's prayer. Right. Which is what we, as pastors, take people through – when they decide that they really do want to give their life to God. Oh, yeah. We take them through the sinner's prayer, and the sinner's prayer is, is simply this. Jesus, I believe in you, that you lived a perfect life, mm-hmm. but you died a sinner's death. Right. You rose from the dead three days later. You are alive in heaven, preparing a place for me. I give my life to you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. And from this day forward, I live for you. Yeah. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That's essentially the sinner's prayer. Yep. Didn't say any of those words. Nope. <laughs> okay. Let's kind of, um, let's, let's see here. Oh, this gets interesting. For all you people out there who think that Jesus is your piggy bank and your genie in a bottle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Here we go. Uh, didn't take away this man's pain. Yeah. Ooh, come on. After the prayer. After belief, right? He was still hanging on the cross. He yeah. was probably. Tons of pain. Didn't he didn't take him off the cross, did he? No, didn't take didn't take away this guy's pain. Um, let's see here. What else, Jesus? Jesus didn't take away his fear of dying. Hmm. No, and I think we see that he had a fear of dying. You know, it's interesting if you read all four gospel he accounts. He had a fear because he starts off actually insulting Jesus as well, and then he, I, I think there was a shift partway through where he realized. Wait a second here. <laughs> I'm up here because I deserve it. This guy's different. But this is the last shot that I have. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm dead in the next few hours. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that thought terrified him. And that's part of the reason that he had that, that change of heart up there. Yeah, I he, think so too. You know what's interesting, though, is that he didn't even, like, the resurrection hadn't even happened yet. You know, like that, yeah. that hadn't even happened. So they didn't even know that, like, yep. he, that it, that was going to happen. And so he didn't have that. Like, I feel like as Christians now we have, okay, that's part of the power of Jesus. That's power, a part of the, like, you know, the grandness of Jesus is that resurrection. Um, coming yeah, back it from, sets him apart from a lot of the others. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't even have that. No. And, and what Jesus had was, which was different from everybody else. And still today, he's different from Muhammad, different from uh, Buddha. Different, different from who else? You know, the 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 Mormons have John Smith, right? Yeah, right. The, the, there's about four religions that focus around a man. Yeah. Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, John Smith. Okay, but he, Jesus, was the only one that claimed to be God. Right. Yep. So he had that going for him at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this man is believed upon his words, which if if Jesus is crazy and insane and hanging on that cross because he deserves to be on that cross because he claimed to be God and he wasn't, then this man is taking a big risk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? he is. He's taking a big risk. But yeah. obviously something was happening 
And this oh, man yeah. believed. And the Bible even goes on to say that some of the soldiers believed mm-hmm. yeah. as he was yeah, hanging yeah. up there. Yeah. This is amazing. I was just thinking about this. And, you know, we don't really get to see the full picture of everything that happened in the Bible. The Bible wasn't written like as an illustration, as a story, like the way that people write today, yeah. uh, historians write today. Um, but what, what I love is that maybe there was this moment where the thief on the cross you know, they were crucified together. That's how they would do these mass crucifixions is he watched Jesus watch th- walk through the crucifixion process. Yeah. And I just wonder, maybe as he was watching this guy go silently, not struggle. Not angry. Not angry. Hmm. And then it's, maybe he was up there and he, he watched. This guy had a forgiving spirit towards the, the people who were crucifying him. Hmm. He was hearing all of the accusations that people were hurling at Jesus, and he mm-hmm. didn't respond to a single one of them. And and maybe it was that 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 different spirit that Jesus had hanging up on a cross that convinced him that hey, maybe this guy really is who he says he was. Yeah, it's just very interesting. I was reading my Bible the other day. I I'm, I don't know if everybody if the audience remembers this or not, but I started in 2021 reading the Bible through in a year. Yeah, I do remember that. I don't know if the rest of them do, but... Okay, you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, my wife finished, like, I early, <laughs> and I am st- actually haven't I haven't got gotten through it yet. Okay. I'm, I'm not finished yet. About four weeks out. Okay, you got this. Thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Um, But I was reading in my Bible about two or three days ago, John chapter 17, just the normal Bible reading, going through the list. Nothing. I didn't flip there because I felt led of the Holy Spirit. Just reading through. But then I came across this verse in John 17, verse 3. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually begins to explain salvation. Yeah. So let's read John 17, verse 3. Let's do it. I have it on my phone right here, in case you're wondering. Set, Jesus says this. It's in red. That's how I know Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now this is eternal life. Here we go. That they know you. So he's talking about the disciples and you as God. So they, the disciples, and you God. That they, the disciples, know you. That's God. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Interesting. That's it. I'll read it again. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Is it really that simple? I mean, I think if you look at the thief on the cross, it's really that simple. It really is. It's real. Yep. Which is amazing. And I think I think maybe this is where a lot of <clears throat> a lot of quote unquote religious people can can get caught in the weeds. I know a lot of religious people that are caught in the weeds. And and salvation becomes about this and and maybe even for them it wasn't like this at first but over a long period of time it has become about how good i can be and how much i serve at church and how much i give and and all of all of these things but and and even when we're we you see somebody and maybe they they can get a really critical spirit towards somebody else who yeah. who isn't saved or who who is just just got saved and is so in love with Jesus but they they're not doing all of the the Christiany things and and they get this judgmental spirit or even oh, yeah. when they're they, when they're trying to win people to Christ it's it's all from a wrong heart and I think that it and it almost becomes like their 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 weapon is to argue people into heaven yeah. But we see that 
Or Jesus is all about, hey, yeah. it, it's not that you know the right things. Mm-hmm. It's not that you have the right information or do the right things. Right there in John 17, it was that you know God mm-hmm. and know the know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's a personal relationship. And, and one of the things that drives me so crazy is when people try to take Christianity, which is supposed to be this beautiful relationship between God and his creation, and we turn it into a religion full of works. We do turn it into religion full of works. It, yeah. It's supposed to be about a relationship. Jesus says this is eternal life, that they just know God and the one who you sent, me. Yeah. Just know God and know Jesus. Um, I think about Adam and Eve walking yeah. in the garden. And in, and in Genesis, it's I think it's chapter 3, it says they, are, they would walk in the garden in the cool of the evening and talk to God. Mm-hmm. What are they talking to God about? <laughs> because last night when I prayed, I mean, my wife and I pray every night together before we go to bed. Yeah. When I prayed, I told God about all my problems. Right. I told <laughs> God not just about my problems, but I told God about all my friends' problems, and I, and, and I told him to help them. <laughs> yeah. So right. here, what, what yeah. Adam and Eve, let's go through Adam and Eve's life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No sickness. No taxes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pain. Yeah. No, uh, no monetary system whatsoever. Right, yeah. A- nope. Everything they had, they needed. Or right. everything they, they needed, they had. They had no kids. So it meant no stress, no worry. Interesting, yeah. Right? No, right. What are they praying about? What are they talking to God about? I know what I talk to God about. <laughs> everything I'm worried about and everything right, that's hurting right. me. Yeah. Right. What are they doing with God? Because they're what's their what are they praying to God? What are they praying about? What are they doing? They're developing a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. They might be asking God things like, God, what what's what's this what's this do? Or or you know, this is beautiful place, God. Thank you for doing. Thank you for being here with us. You're amazing, mm-hmm. God. God, mm-hmm. reveal yourself to me. Tell me more about you. Right. Yeah. That that's tell me more about you, God. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like essentially what prayer in its infancy and its originality was intended to be about, was just Mm -hmm. getting to know God. And and when you get to know God, you actually begin to then, I think, develop that relationship with God that you need to carry you through hard times. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I have something I wanted to to chime in here, and I want to maybe hear a little bit from Nick on this, (laughs) is um, so when when I think about developing a relationship with a person, right, like when when I first started pursuing my wife, we talked all the time and I didn't tell her all of my needs and everything. Like I just genuinely wanted to get to know her. And yeah, so you didn't want to scare her off. Right. And so, <laughs> <laughs> here's all of my problems and everything I've ever worried about. Like, no, that's not how yeah. we started. Like right. we started a relationship. I just wanted to get to know who she was. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and I think that that is the way that really we should approach God. I just want to get to know who you are. I want to get to know your nature. And, and I wanted to know um, from Nick, because of, of the three of us sitting in this room, you didn't grow up in, yeah. in a Christian home no, um, like Pastor Luke and I did. And so what was that like being, being able to come in from, from having no real Christian background and coming in and just getting, getting to know God on a personal level? Um, so it was, I mean— obviously life-changing, you know, but when, when the concept was brought up to me, like, how do you know that you're saved? Um, I was reminded of, of, you guys know the the show, The Chosen, you know, it's super popular right now. Yeah. I love that show so much. There's an episode, I think it's like two or three episodes into like the first season and Nicodemus is talking with Mary Magdalene and he's just like, how did, how did you get rid of your demons? You know, I tried and like, it didn't work. Because he tried, right? He tried. Yeah. He He tried in the first episode and, and she said, you know, I don't really fully understand it. All I know is that I met Jesus 
and they're gone. Mm. And so now it's like I'm fully committed. That was a lot of people's testimonies. And a lot of blind men. Yeah. Too. And I don't know how he did it. I was was blind. Now I see. Right. So, yeah. Okay. And, and yeah. so like I don't fully understand the theology of it. You know, I don't fully understand what you know whatever. Um, and that was really kind of like even kind of my testimony is like I, all I know is that when I grew up, my heart was dark, and mm-hmm. then I met Jesus, and now my heart is light. Hmm. And Come so on. it's like it's like I. Like, I don't know the theology of, of it all, but I, that's how I know I'm saved is because there was a point when I met Jesus and then my life shifted for the better, uh, this, significantly better, you this, know. This, yeah, this leads to a great verse too in Acts 9 verse 6. Yeah. This is a story of Paul walking down the road and he's going to Damascus yep. and he is going to jail Christians and maybe kill Christians and he's going to the leader of that area and he's got to get an he's got to get a written piece of paper that says he can continue his efforts of of taking down these Jesus followers yeah mm-hmm. and on his way that bright light hits him right and Paul, Saul Saul yeah. why are you persecuting me <laughs> yeah Ver, Acts 9 verse 6 Jesus or Paul responds to this bright light which is Jesus yeah by saying this in verse 6 Lord, what do you want me to do? Yeah, come on. That's a wonderful <laughs> response yeah. from Paul. That actually oh, yeah. means right then and there, Paul got saved. Right. and Because that's what Nick was just saying. Yeah. yeah. It, is, I don't know what happened. I went from darkness to light. Right. And then I said, God, what, you know, what? Right. What do you want from me? It's it's almost like there's, you know, and I think like pulling it back to the thief on the cross, there's that moment where your heart just submits to ultimately the authority of God, right? And you just recognize, oh, like you are Lord and Savior and I am mm. submitted to you, you know? And so just like Paul, just like the thief on the cross, you know, and me, um, it's just you have that moment where you're just like, okay, I get it. You know, I understand for me, not my parents, not, you know, not my teachers, but for me. Yep. Yeah. I love that it's all about, again, it's just, it's all about a, a heart of surrender. And I was thinking about when I was, I had a, a season, a, a quick moment in my life. It was probably about 13 or 14. And I was just, um, I, I grew up in church. I felt like I, I really believe I prayed a genuine, sincere prayer to get saved when I was eight years old. And I really believed the Bible. Um, but there was a moment when I was about 13 or 14, and I, I just started to question, you know, I grew up going to church and hearing about God and knowing right. God. And, and I know there's, there's kids in all over the world who grew up in other religions and other cultures, and they truly believe what you know, what they've been taught their whole life. How do I know that what this is, what I believe is different than, yeah. than what, what they're taught? What's the difference? Mm-hmm. And it really did come down to exactly what, what Nick just said, that I don't understand everything. Right. But there's a moment in my life where my life went from darkness to light, mm. where I, I've seen God move in ways that, that naturally don't make sense. Mm-hmm. That I've been, you know, now years later, I've been on missions trips. And, and in, in Peru a few years ago, I was praying over a guy with some leaders. We literally seen a guy who was blind be able to start to see. Wow. That's crazy. That's awesome. And, and it's like that, that, that proves to me that, like, we, we prayed and this guy got his sight back. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that those moments of going from darkness to light, is part of what helps me solidify that, yeah, this this really is the, the real God. And I think that it, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think that was a, a bad moment in my life to, to have that question. Mm-mm. 
Yeah. You know, um, I think it was a good thing, but I, I began to explore it on my own and realize, yeah, this God really is true. All of the things that have happened in my life, this doesn't happen without the God that I serve. It's true. Yeah. It, um, I would love to share this story. This is a great story. I, I, um, because I think a lot of people are in your shoes, Aaron, where they're like, okay, there's so much out there. How do I know this is the right one? Right. One of the, one of the ways is through the miraculous power of God mm-hmm. that proves he's God. When you see a miracle or you hear about a miracle, yeah. you begin to say something's different here. There's this great story about a woman named Barbara Snyder. This is in the 80s. Barbara Snyder had cerebral palsy and along mm-hmm. with that, extreme wow. medical conditions. Oh my gosh. She, what, her, her organs were failing. Her hands had um, atrophied and gotten clamped shut. Her toes were curled and shut. She was losing her, her battle with this disease and it was it was devastating for her family and friends yeah and one of her friends noticed this just might be her last few days alive so she decided she was going to call up a christian radio show and ask the host and anybody else listening to start praying for her friend barbara Mm. and so she made the call and the radio program said yes let's do this let's take a moment right now America, whoever's listening, let's begin to pray. And then her friend also was sent out a prayer chain call and saying, hey, we really need to lift Barbara up in prayer. Mm. So there was a recorded about 450 people that started praying for Barbara. And she's laying in her bed, um, and she noticed a presence enter the room. She noticed it, and then she noticed that nobody else in the room could tell something had changed in the room. Mm. And all of a sudden, she heard a voice speak to her, and it said, Barbara, get up. Oh, wow. Well, she, she can't. She physically can't. Yeah. She's, she's right. unable. Yeah. And the doctors and everything had said, you know, she only got a few days left to live. It had got so bad with her that there were certain organs that actually had detached themselves wow. from other organs so that the wow. si- her sis- her digestive system wasn't working anymore her her everything right the way her her bowels were moving wasn't working anymore all this stuff and this voice said get up and then she realized nobody else in the room heard it because nobody responded to this voice and she called out to her friends and said help me help me up well her friends didn't tell her that they had called the radio station to mm-hmm. ask for prayer their friends didn't actually tell her that they had started the prayer chain but all of a sudden she said hey guys I need to get up. Hmm. And they actually, the friends were like, no way. And the voice said to her again, I want you to get up now. And she started to stand. And would you know it, as she starts to kind of come up off the bed with their help and to start to stand, they actually watched her calf muscles grow. Wow. Wow. Her hands uncurled. Her toes uncurled. Her organs reattached themselves. Her lungs became brand new. Everything in her completely changed. She actually stood up. Oh and became God. a brand new person. Now, this is completely recorded. She's still alive today. This happened in the 80s, so it's not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in the 80s, and I'm alive. <laughs> so anyway, it, this, she's still alive today. It was such a miracle, such a miracle that actually had a tremendous effect on the city because everybody knew her. Yeah. Wow. And wow. many people actually began to believe upon God because of this miracle that takes place. And I want to just encourage everybody out there, and even us in this room right now, right. that God is a miracle worker, 
that we are part of a God who does miracles. He's a creator. He's a life giver. Mm-hmm. He's not a life taker. He's a creator, and he wants to uh, he wants to do miracles in our midst. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he does them. Sometimes he doesn't. But he wants to do miracles. And mm-hmm. so we we this is the God we serve. And so if you're listening out there today, and maybe you've been doubting your salvation, maybe you've been downloading the miraculous power of God. Don't doubt any longer. That's yeah. a part of the trick of the enemy, is to get us to doubt. And with oh, yeah. doubt comes apathy, and becomes um, laziness and yeah. a, a lack of energy for life. Honestly. Right. Right. But when you for sure, for sure, for sure know that you're saved, then you're actually going to go out and do some things. Oh, yeah. You know, for God, with God, all that stuff. Anyway, but we're almost out of time. Do you have anything else that you'd like to say, Nick? Um, I think I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's all good. Yeah, He's all good. Okay. I got one more thing I'd love to say real quick before we, we uh, head out from you guys. We love you guys, our audience. Yeah. But, but the one thing I wanted to say was it, when you really know that you are saved, Right, when you really know I have a relationship with Jesus, it honestly begins to change the way that you talk about God, the way that you interact with other people when the, the conversation of God is brought up. You know, like we, we're all three married men. Like we love our wife. And, and anytime somebody's, you're in a room and somebody brings up your wife, you're going to defend your wife. You're going to come to her. You're going to speak well of her. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's the way that we should talk when it comes about God. I know for a fact that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, that right. he has saved me, that when I die, I'm going to heaven, that I get to live in eternity with God. Mm-hmm. And so anytime there's an opportunity to bring up how amazing God is, that the salvation that I have, the hope that I have for a future, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to bring that up. And I think that, that every time that you have an opportunity to, to speak about God, to talk about God, um, if, if it comes up, that if salvation comes up, eternity, heaven, hell comes up, yep. that when you know who Jesus is, mm-hmm. it changes the way that you talk. Yes, it does. It really does. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been great to be with you, audience. <laughs> um, great discussion today, too. I hope that we have helped your faith, taken away some doubt, and brought some simplicity to what salvation really is all about. It's not about us. Salvation is all about the goodness of God, the grace of God. His work on the cross has done it all. We Mm -hmm. just need to believe. Come on. And don't waste any more time doubting how great your salvation is and that you will be spending eternity in heaven. Oh, it's been great to be with you, audience. We'll see you next time. Uh, for podcast number 13, we got a special surprise. Actually, I haven't even told Aaron this yet. Uh-oh. For podcast number 13, we're bringing our wives on, Aaron, and we're going to talk about relationships. Come on, somebody. Oh, I yeah. love that. I always get blindsided live uh-huh. on the podcast. That's I good. never know what's happening. That's part of the – that's what makes this great. <laughs> I get to see a live reaction. So we're bringing our wives on. So Aaron's wife, Dana, will be here. My wife, Jen, will be here. We're going to talk about relationships, how to have healthy relationships, how to find the right one, so on and so forth. It's going to be awesome. See you later. Bye. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.